0: Hello in there. This is John Beethan. This is episode number 30, titled Thermography, Breast Health Awareness Month. And we wanted to bring this to you as a re-podcast, re-release of last year's recording with Lisa Thorpe and Lisa Callison. October is not Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's Breast Health Awareness Month, as you'll find out in this episode.
1: Well, again, on the subject of of radiation, radiation causes cancer. So as I um, started to say earlier, Imagine we're, we're radiating our breasts with the strongest radiation known to medical imaging and what organs are around the breast? I mean, I was talking earlier about how radiation sprays, background radiation is a key issue. Uh, if, if radiation was safe, why does the technician go to the other side of a wall to press the button? If it was safe, she'd be standing right next to you and she'd be allowing herself to be, or he, uh, exposed to that radiation all day long. So no, it's not safe. There are no safe levels of radiation. And the cancers that are on rise for women are the lung, right behind the breast, liver, right under the breast, pancreas, right under the breast, the thyroid, brain, intestines, um, all the female organs, you know, ovarian, um, cervical, uterine. So we've got to take all this into consideration that we're not just radiating the breast, we're radiating the entire body. And there are no safe levels. And this is a really key thing that we need to be really, really cognizant of and careful with.
0: Today I have Lisa Callison with Discovery Screenings. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I'm going to let you start talking about what it is you do, but I just want to make mention that this is especially important right now because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I'm very, very happy that you're going to talk about your movement toward making it breast health awareness month lisa welcome and why don't you share a little bit about what you do and who you are
1: well thank you so much lisa for uh, it's an honor to be here and for thinking oh, of thank me you. bringing me in i think um f- as many times as our paths have crossed you certainly know how much i wear my passion on my sleeve about this yes So reaching more women with this message is certainly where my heart is uh, most gratified and and fulfilled. So let's see. Uh, It all started, I was uh, born at a young age um, in Chicago. (laughs) You know, living on the usual um, hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, and hostess by the box, and cupcakes, and all the things that we love to eat. And no thought given to these foods being, you know,
0: healthy or not. Well, and especially and, in Chicago, that's a normal diet, yeah. right? I'm Cleveland, same thing, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how many things could you put on a hot dog was, you know, like
1: the the, yeah. the, yeah. the records, you know, the record-breaking things. Uh, okay, now we can put, you know, kitchen sink on the hot dogs. But anyway, uh, so, so uh, you know, I was athletic. Uh, I was 117 pounds. I competed in high school in uh, volleyball, basketball, and softball. And when I moved to California when I was 20, I started hearing about health. I thought, well, of course we're all healthy. Who would think I wasn't? And, uh, but when I um, ran, had a boyfriend at 21 who got into a car accident, and he went through a bone graft, and he was told by the surgeon that he might limp the rest of his life. Because he grew up in California with this health, quote-unquote, consciousness, he asked the surgeon, what can I do to assure my best healing that I might not limp the rest of my life? And the surgeon, thank goodness, he was a football surgeon, very um, progressive, and he said, well, I'm going to refer you to a chiropractor who is a nutritionist, and he's going to put you through an intestinal detox and wow. juice cleanse and um, you know, clean out your intestinal system and your immune system and uh, reset everything so you get the most uh, benefit from your foods and reset your, well, cleanse so you free up your immune system uh, so it's not dealing with toxins, but now it can do its job better. And this was all very new to me. Um, I thought it was healthy. I was, you know, had been athletic most of my life. At this point, I was about 126 pounds because I'd been out of high school for about three four years. And I thought I was healthy. And when he mentioned that, it was like, well, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that together. We're living together. It'll make it easier. And I have to tell you, at this point, I was working in a very busy law office and I was barely getting breaks because I was training people for other office locations. And I would start every morning with my meal replacements, a bag of M&M's, a bag of Twizzlers, and uh, Three sugar. Musketeers bar. Sugar so and more sugar. That tells you how much of a junk food junkie I was at that point. So this was very, <laughs> this was very
0: foreign. Like, are you from another planet? What is this? You must have had strong teeth. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you.
1: I had no idea uh, what I was in for. Uh, it was a four-week program. And uh, the first week was nothing but juices and doing psyllium and bentonite clean, all these things that cleanse the intestines, kind of like rotor.
0: I'm impressed that you did it with him. You did this program with him.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm impressed now when I look back at it. It's like I lost nine pounds of intestinal plaque in the first week. Wow. I mean, I, had, I was 126 pounds. I had no fat to lose. Right. So I have to say that that was a shocker because I had bounce off the wall energy before this. But what I realized was it was adrenal energy. It was youthful drive and driven energy. But this was the first time, least that I was getting my energy from my food ever in my life because it it got all this toxic buildup out of my intestines, and now I was getting every bit of nutrition from all this raw and organic food that I was eating. And I felt amazing. I felt so you really like I had noticed, a new life.
0: Noticed a difference. Oh my God! I
1: was like I was walking three feet off the ground. I had a mental clarity I'd never had before. a, a Spiritual and emotional clarity and lightness and uh, and a physical energy that um, was just new to me. It was. I, I I really thought I had a lot of energy until I did this, and it was just extraordinary. So that changed my whole trajectory in life, if you can imagine. Uh, and and it woke me up because I thought, my God, if you know, looking at what came on me, I thought if, if I could, someone can do this much damage in the first 21 years of their life, I better stop now because I figured I was heading for adult onset everything. Sure, you know, and uh, and, and that's what got me on the path of uh, health and wellness because I was so fascinated, really, that I'd actually survived my childhood. <laughs> like we, as we started off, <laughs> I thought. When I look back on what I used to eat, I, nothing was live. I don't think. I mean, in the summertime, we would sometimes get some things out of the garden because I had a Sicilian grandfather living downstairs, and and so he would he would harvest some things, but. Nothing was really
0: live and sure. <laughs> really well, and, interesting. And so and, and, you so know, it's the, extraordinary to think it about. It was most but... common to be eating macaroni and cheese and oh spaghetti and all that, that kind of stuff. Crafty- for- yeah, oh, my favorite craft. Yeah, sure.
1: Probably shouldn't mention names. But yeah, I mean, you name it. We, yeah. If it was box canned, frozen, you know, cupcakes, and cu- I, I, I made all the, you know, cakes every week. And so so the thing is, is that I became fascinated with the human immune system, I thought, wow, this is the thing that's kept me alive, (laughs) literally, uh, to this point, and I wanted to know more about it. So I became voracious. And so I replaced Twinkies and cupcakes (laughs) with books, you know, I was like eating books from cover to cover about what causes disease, what heals disease, all about the immune system, Um, you know, where we can get our our highest nutrients, the most highest quality nutrients. And And how
0: how did all of this lead to discovery screenings?
1: Well, that's the thing. I, I, I was on this new path and uh, became like this researchaholic. So I literally became formally a health researcher. And from that, I filled my brain with so much stuff, I had to become a health educator because I had, it's like my brain was exploding with all this information. So I had to share it. And so I was very outspoken in the community and had aligned with a lot of very gifted natural uh, healers and practitioners, naturopaths and holistic health, health practitioners and so forth. And uh, at 35, my gynecologist thought he was doing me a favor by starting me early on my mammogram schedule. And back then I had little 34 Bs, and it was quite excruciating. No one could have prepared me. They said it might be uncomfortable. And I said, oh, my God, this is the most insane thing anyone could do their, their precious Delicate breast tissue. I had been on my health path now for fourteen years. I was doing a Tesla detoxing every year as a measure of prevention. So that's how conscious I was, and you know, I had become vegetarian. I wasn't any sugar, and not use needing doctors because I was in a preventive mode. So I. Was, I was preventing any health issues,
0: and the the breast screening it felt was, very uh, traumatic. Oh my and, god! And plus, it's radiation.
1: It was excruciating, and well, we we f- know
0: radiation is is once it's in, it's not getting out.
1: Well, here's the here's the interesting thing. Being the health researcher that I was, this is the first time I had engaged in anything that I really didn't do my homework first. You know, because we're also some assumption. Is assumption, assumption that it's safe and it's that it's
0: effective me. and it's so promoted as oh, this is gonna help save women this from is, getting breast cancer. This is the way And we, it's still promoted that way. That's right. This right. is the way we screen our breasts. Right. It's
1: just the automatic default. Yeah. And uh, and so when I did it, it was like, wait a minute, something's not right with this. Um, when you look at the anatomy of the breast, there are so many things that could be ruptured just by the compression. Now, when a doctor is taught to do a breast palpation exam, they're taught with their fingers to be very gentle, yet they use 50 pounds of pressure in a mammogram. And when you look at the anatomy, which is already very texturized, our breasts are naturally lumpy. So it's really hard for a woman who's untrained to really know that to distinguish something until it's really advanced. So, so that's you know not the best. Best way to screen, the, and and the mammogram with with the compression. It can rupture milk ducts, milk glands, lymph nodes, lymph vessels, uh, and and all that fluid um, and, and tissue that shouldn't be in the surrounding ruptured. tissue, connective tissue that's ruptured into the area, shouldn't be there. So that in and of itself can can damage cells and the DNA in the cells and, and set the breast Not tissue up. Not just can, but does. I mean, 50 does.
0: pounds of pressure on a breast is it going does. to rupture or at least bruise the tissue at least. and create right. some sort of scar tissue. I've
1: seen yeah. many
0: hematomas and, you okay. know, and, and women damage. By by mammograms, and I and I like that you made the point that <clears throat> a self exam really isn't the most effective way because the tissue is lumpy.
1: Well, and the I other mean things, it's still a
0: great preventative, and all women should do it. But the here, point is, there's yes. more effective ways.
1: Here's the key thing, and, and this is the thing that most of us don't know, and and um, it's the the ignorance is, is really the the saddest element here is that we're not taught these things. We're not taught that. Um, cancer cells are microscopic so how can something that only sees solid structure or mass see microscopic cells right that would be the only early detection and uh truthfully um so by the time those microscopic cancer cells have become large enough to be seen by a mammogram they're eight to ten years into their growth and a minimum of one to four billion cells so that's not early detection that's late discovery at best because that's been in your body all that time and it's had a, at least a 25 to 35% chance of spreading metastasizing so the and pro- then even more so
0: once you do the mammogram and squish it
1: well If there's existing cancer and and it's nice and neatly encapsulated in a tumor, that tumor can actually be ruptured, and that creates a wildfire, as do biopsies. And we can talk a little bit about that too, but this is in correlation with this, about 10 million cancer cells fits on the head of a pin, and it takes about five to six years for that to accumulate, So if 10 million fits on the head of a pin, how many would fit through the puncture hole of a needle, of a biopsy needle? Because a biopsy needle is quite thick. It's got a hollow core because it's got a large,
0: large high gauge needle.
1: Yeah. And it's got to collect tissue, if not liquid. So if it's solid tissue that they're biopsying, it's got to be thick enough to collect that. So you think about... Those cancer
0: cells are then pouring out of that what was isolated uh, tumor.
1: Yes, that was being literally protecting our bodies from the cells inside there. You know that most breast cancer doesn't ever express itself as full-blown, life-threatening breast cancer. DCIS, LCIS, a lot of these um, stage 1, stage 0 cancers will never threaten a woman's life. Calcifications are almost uh, as benign as, uh, as an oyster creating a, a, a pearl. Sure, where it's encapsulated that foreign invader, be it a you know, grain of sand or whatever. But that's what our body has done with that calcification. It's taken our own calcif- calcium and encapsulated whatever it's perceived so it's, as a foreign invader. Which found, yeah, it's cast-
0: found something that's, uh, that it doesn't want, and it's trying to protect the body there you from go. it.
1: And usually they're fine if they're left alone and dormant. Uh, But you start poking into things, and that's where the wildfire is created. I'll give you a a statistic that actually relates to men, but it relates to all cancers. One in 78 men will die of prostate cancer. If you don't touch it, leave it alone, don't cut into it, don't do anything. 48 in in 78 men will die of prostate cancer once it's been biopsied lumpectomy if you will you know they remove portions of the cancer or cut it out so and that's relative across the board so anytime you cut into cancer you risk spreading Spreading it how can you not i mean again they're microscopic cells so if you look at this the standard of care and uh and the fact that it takes eight to ten years for a mammogram to see something how long is it going to take for someone to feel it? I mean, that's like the size of a half a pea to a pea. And then if you think about it, if a woman starts, is, has already started developing breast cancer, let's say in year one, and they're doing their first mammogram, by year eight or 10, they've been, mam- they've been crushed and radiated every year and been told that they're all clear. Right, because they can't see it before the 8th to 10th year. Right. And and so these women are being it's misrepresented. They're being given this false sense of security and not being given truly an early warning so they can do something preventive and proactive so it doesn't get to a late-stage cancer.
0: So let's talk about the thermal imagery and the screenings that you do. I, I'm very fortunate. I'm aware of all of the alternative things available, so I... Came, I have done thermal imagery to check for levels of inflammation. I've never had a, a, a mammogram. I knew right away that I don't want any additional radiation in my body. I don't have any need to have my breasts smushed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so I've never done it And I'm because I'm fortunate enough to know that there's alternatives that are actually more effective. And I tell female friends of mine all the time, do not get a mammogram. Uh, Please go get a thermal image. This is a way more effective uh, and more comprehensive uh, choice, Mm -hmm. and uh, and some people think I'm crazy because they think, oh my god, not get a how that's like sacrilege. Like I'm saying something that I might go to jail for (laughs) when I'm saying don't get a mammogram. But Mm -hmm. I really mean it. I think mammograms are archaic and dark ages, and they need to Almost be... torture com- chamber. Torture chamber. Material. Well, <laughs> and it's radiation. Hello. We know radiation causes cancer. Yes. We know that it's absolutely oh, not normal. safe for the body. Yes. And while I agree for x-rays and there is still purpose for it, the the least possible is better. Yes. So please explain more <laughs> about the thermal imagery, because I, I, I know that it exists, okay. and I love that it exists, but I don't know as much you you're the expert okay. so first if you don't mind my correcting it's formal it's thermal imaging thermal because imaging. i just don't want them
1: to go- google thermal imagery because uh-huh. that could actually lead more to graphic artistry and things of that oh, nature so okay. thermal imaging thank you and medical thermal imaging and more specifically um is a uh, a re a physiological reading so it's more related to functional medicine, meaning that we're reading the function of the body and we're getting what we call uh, uh, an indication of the thermal activity, which is how the immune system speaks to us. So I I very lovingly call it the silent language of the immune system. So we are thermal beings, we have a furnace inside of us, it's always generating at 98.6 degrees. And that heat is generating out all the time. Have you ever been to a wedding and just before, before they are cranking up the AC because there's gonna be 200 people in the room. And then you get those 200 people in the room, and now all of a sudden the AC can't keep up because they're all generating this heat. Of course. Well, the camera's picking that up. It's called thermal emissions. So we're not actually uh, imaging the skin, therm- the, the three dimensional you, physical. Body, we're imaging the energy that's coming off the surface of the skin in the form of temperature, and we're and the the software is t- assigning it a color that correlates intuitively. Red is hot, blue is cold, and you know blue indicators are actually as important as as hot. Right. Indicators well, and I I know
0: when I had mind one of the thermal images that I had done, I still had remaining uh, signs of uh, necrosis in the small intestine, mm. which is indicative of leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And of course, I had been diagnosed with uh, celiacs. And and this is something that is important for a lot of people to know that that leaky gut is so prevalent, and they now believe is a precursor to a lot of the chronic inflammatory diseases, lupus, MS, uh, Crohn's, many, many others. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so not just for breast health, but for the entire body, The the thermal (laughs) imaging Mm -hmm. is a wonderful way to determine uh, levels of health and and things that can be checked out sooner. So specifically with breast health, what are you looking for and what's normal and how soon can it help with detection of something like cancer? Okay.
1: And thank you for bringing up the other aspects of thermography that we can see, because one of the things I've learned since I've gotten in in the business of thermography, and and, and just to preface that, I was using thermography for 10 years as a patient before I actually decided to do it as a business, and and really more as a service, because it's more than a job or a business to me, it's my service work, because I, I, I became so passionate about it after using it for 10 years, and literally, when I found out what thermography could see, I was like... I want a full body. I don't want just the breast. And that's how I discovered thermography is because at 40, my, my new gynecologist wanted to get me on my mammogram schedule. I said, well, you haven't had one in five years. Let's get you going. And I said, no, I swore I'm never doing that again. There's got to be another way. And that's how I found my way to thermography. And when I found all the different indicators that I could see, I was like, well, more information is always better than less. If you want to be preventive, I want to see everything thermography can see. So I've been doing full bodies every year for 10 years before I decided to do this as a business as part of my annual preventive physical. So it I discovered a lump. And that's when I was like, Oh, goodness, what do I do with this? Because here I've been on this health path, intestinal detoxing every year at that point, for gosh, I was 49. So since I was 21, long time, 28 years. And it was an interesting scare for me because I, you know, my husband and I are the people who are carrying coolers everywhere we go. So we make sure we're eating fresh and organic food. (laughs) And so I went to my gynecologist, the person with the trained set of fingers, and she had the look of terror on her face and said, Oh, I have to refer you to a breast surgeon. I'm like, a breast surgeon? You think it's that serious? It can't be. And she said, Well, you know, I'm obligated to refer you to a specialist. So I said, No, I think we're skipping a step here. I want to see what my thermography has to say. And so I went and there was absolutely no issue in that area where the lump was. So I was like, Phew, okay, that's first check. And so I went to a breast health specialist and she taught me that every time a woman has a change, be at a stress level, a hormone level, any kind of grief event, um, we develop cysts. It's just a normal, natural reaction really, of the immune I'm system. I'm really
0: glad that you brought that up. I'm I'm very intrigued and interested in German new medicine. I'm looking for a practitioner to, to interview here it's because the whole the whole new premise is that diseases is, is trauma based, mm-hmm. and very it's nice that ultimately, it's actually a positive thing that the body is going through a disease process to process out the trauma, mm-hmm. emotional or physical. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we think that we're actually sick, it's actually the body's process of healing. Exactly. And, and so you can continue. Oh, thank you.
1: And that's one of the things that she told me, this breast health specialist, who used to be a mammographer and a breast health, breast surgeon, who had converted to being a sonographer, which is ultrasound, and a thermographer. And she said she was one who was telling me women get cysts throughout their lifetime, and they are your immune system's greatest resources produced by the spinal cord. And the last thing you want to do is aspirate a cyst because that's like blowing up your own tanks. You know, that's the white blood cells being sent to the area to help it to heal and to bring homeostasis and balance and nutrition and all the good things that our immune system does. And so but I called the breast surgeon's office and I said, what's the usual process here? And they said, well, first, we need your most recent mammogram results. Well, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, I said, what else? Well, I said, well, then we would, because there's a palpable something, um, something that you can feel there, we would want to do a biopsy. If it's fluid, we'll aspirate. If it's solid, we'll want a biopsy. We'll probably want to biopsy the fluid. Um, and if there's the slightest uh, indication of a threat, even a future threat, we'd probably want a lumpectomy. I'm like, well, thank you very much. I'll have to call you back. <laughs> Check my schedule. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was like... I realized at that point that thermography saved my breast from going under the knife unnecessarily because that breast health specialist determined that it was a benign fluid cyst and that I had four others, one in, in the other side of that same breast and three in the other, and it was all a natural process. I eliminated everything acidic from my body. I did my intestinal detoxes, liver, kidney, and all that detox, and within three months, all the cysts were gone. That taught me a lot about thermography and all the different things, first of all, they can see in the uses. And that's when I fell in love with it. And when I decided, you know, I could do this for other women for the rest of my life. Since I've been in the business, what I've discovered is that the breasts in and of themselves are kind of they're not isolated they're part of the system they're attached to the body they're affected by they're at the affect of everything else going on in our bodies like you're saying especially gut health because that's where health starts and that's where disease starts and that's where disease ends um, when you turn the health of your gut around again but i discovered that the breasts are kind of like the canaries in the coal mine if there's something going on in the breast, there's always something going on somewhere else in the body. Of course. You can guarantee it. And there's almost always an emotional component too, especially when it comes to the breast. Because this is symbolically, we feed our babies from our breasts and we kind of symbolically feed the world from our breasts. This is the heart chakra, the heart center. This is our love center. And it's all, even the lungs are related to grief, right? right. So so this is where we give to the world is from that center. So you can always trace back breast issues to stress, loss, death, all kinds of things like that. And so the gut health is really key. And that's a very clear thing that we see quite often. Thyroid inflammation, carotid artery inflammation, which is a window into all your arteries. If there's inflammation in one, it's going to be in all of them. Dental inflammation. What we don't realize, and and we're not taught, is that 90% of the human nervous system is functional, not sensory. That means... 90% 90% of the time, we can't feel what's going on inside of it. It's all in the background, just like you see your monitor on your computer, but you don't see the brains and the inner workings
0: of right. what's creating that. We can't, feel, Same, we can't feel our immune system functioning. We, we can't can. feel our nervous system functioning.
1: That's right. Only 10% of the time is pain your first indicator. 90% of the time, it's your last. So you don't want to wait until you can feel something. And that's the gift that thermography gives us, is being to visualize, being able to visualize What we can't feel, very and very very
0: early indicators
1: before we before it becomes disease or cancer. Because what do we know inflammation to be the precursor to most disease. Disease. Yes, it's it's the immune system really at work trying to heal the area or degeneration of the area. And this technology has come come a long way, correct? Oh volumes and and light years and you know it's like rocket so it's, fuel today. it's not just
0: looking it's, it's at hot parts age. and hot, hot spots in the no. body right no, this is it's not. far more technical and the software is is very has become very advanced
1: thank you yes and and you know it was first developed by the military as a way to see it at night it was night vision and it was classified it was it was literally top secret in the early 50s it was released in 55 and and medic, medicine started you know picking up and, and experimenting with it in 56 56 57 so it's been around more than 57 years and I might say the better part at 57 years suppressed so it's made its way back into the forefront and our, and that's why our mission is to uh, really get the word out about thermography and uh, what did I want to say create a movement where we're shifting the focus from breast cancer awareness to breast health awareness. Because why would we want to focus on the thing we don't want? We want to focus on the thing we do want. We're all very much aware of breast cancer. It's gone from, you know, 1 in 100 to 1 in 7 women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their
0: lifetime. Well, and like you said, it's so, very natural for women to get cysts. And so just learning that cysts in breasts is actually normal and healthy. hmm and yes. that there's ways to help process them and and a lot of times these cysts or even the cancer when it does happen is happening as a result of a very intelligent process that the body Absolutely. I mean the body really does know how to heal itself and mm-hmm. that sister that cancer is oftentimes happening and I'm going out on a limb here because <laughs> I believe this because it's helping us to resolve something. Mm-hmm. It's actually part of the healing process. Absolutely. And I'm curious, now when you found out that you had mm-hmm. these these cysts or these lumps, did you look back and say, oh, gosh, this is what I'm processing? Or do, mm-hmm. you, do you think you remember the trauma or traumas mm-hmm. that you were processing?
1: Well, interestingly enough, it was perimenopausal. I was perimenopausal. Okay. So it was part of my hormone change. And I didn't piece the, that the two together because – No one teaches women about menopause before they get paramenopausal or no menopausal. One, and
0: no one we, teaches no women one about women's me. health. I mean there's no, some wonderful I no clue. teachers out there. I thought now, it was going to be
1: fertile forever as long as I kept detoxing and eating good food. And you know, it's like and, and so it was a, a huge blow to start learning about how everything comes to a halt and, and, and all the you know the thing the emotional shifts and so forth. But um, what we don't realize again is that how our immune system functions and that it is ultimately the thing that keeps us healthy and alive. So when people say that they're a survivor, be it breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, if they've gone through conventional treatment, I have to say that they survived the treatment more than the cancer. Because again, if you look at the statistics that are not readily available to us, we would live longer with the cancer than we would with the treatment. Right. And, and you're the only one who could say, don't get a mammogram. I can't. I can be shut down. An MD, someone who's licensed by the system, oh, I, can be. Yeah, the doctors are.
0: And I tell patients, uh, I tell care. people that I speak to often, please have respect for your doctors. They have to recommend what they're doing or they're liable they do not have any other choice but to refer you out to that specialist or to write that prescription or to recommend that surgery. These are the tools they have in their toolbox. If they don't recommend those things, they, they can go to jail. They can be sued. Well, the, the, the truth
1: is, and thank you for bringing that up, um, if a doctor does not recommend a mammogram and that woman develops breast cancer, she can actually sue that doctor for not recommending a right. mammogram. Right. And it's a sad state of affairs because in my heart of hearts, and, I, and you know, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because I have a huge huge respect for emergency medicine oh, because if Humpty Dumpty falls off a wall or gets in a car accident. I want them to put piece Humpty Dumpty back together again, especially if it's me. And in my heart of hearts, I know that everyone who has gone to medical school, be it a nurse, doctor, or in between, they, in their heart of hearts, believes that they're going to be of service. Absolutely, and, and unfortunately, it's a, it's a system that's evolved into treating symptoms and managing disease, and they're not taught anything about really health, about prevention, or <laughs> no, it's I mean, true. unfortunately, they're not taught four, anything about in health. Four thousand hours of training, they maybe get two to four hours of of optional nutrition classes, yeah. and and so it's 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 driven. In a, in a very different way. Um, it's, it, it's not prevention. It's not about how to stay well. It's once you're sick, it's a sick care system. Right. So it's very, it's very much a misnomer to call it health care because it's not taking care of health. When do we go see a doctor? <laughs> We're knocking on their
0: door when we right. can feel
1: something. And that's why we say you don't want to wait until you can feel something because, again, 90% of the time it's, it's going to be something. And a lot of the serious. doctors
0: haven't been given the health and wellness preventative care tools such no. as and thermal imagery and this is why i could. i do promote organizations like the institute of functional medicine mm-hmm. who that is giving doctors a new medical model mm-hmm. and doing an amazing job mm-hmm. at creating new tools yes. and and i'm and i do have to say this the existing cancer treatment protocol is archaic dark ages and torture I I think that eventually when we come out of this medical dark ages again that we will see it all like we look at bloodletting and and leeches which now leeches have, have made a comeback so, yeah, right. so, so well, maybe that wasn't very. there is, there's
1: something of the science of that not so much the leech part of no, it but, I know. You know. there's some, something of the science that works but I'm glad you said that it's un, it's unfortunate because like I was saying about the immune system it is the one thing that will ultimately keep you alive so, so unfortunately especially with, with chemo which really it's more about crossing your fingers and hoping that it kills more bad cells than good cells because it will do both. And again, it's just that the person had a strong enough immune system to survive that the treatment and the cancer. Yeah. The radiation, it's chemo, so the cancer. surgery yeah.
0: is all so hard, uh, so traumatic to, to be able to survive is. that, and particularly radiation, chemo. If it didn't kill you the first time, it, it is going to contribute to, to uh, your demise. Uh, and certainly, a demise sooner than you would have had you not done it. Absolutely, and yeah. it's
1: unfortunate. I actually witnessed that with both of my parents, oh. and I bludgeoned them for thirty six years while I was on this path before they passed. And not everyone's cooperative, especially uh, health, family. Health members, is a very personal.
0: Ultimately, it is. a personal. It is, a personal, path and it is a personal path, and, yes. and and we have to respect people's choices. Totally and and did. I and I have to in saying what I just said about uh, the cancer treatment system. I still respect people choosing it mm-hmm. absolutely. because yes. how scary to walk into a doctor's office and be told you have cancer mm-hmm. and, and for them to look at the global market and say, well, well, you know, the United States, we have a, a high success rate mm-hmm. compared to some. Well. And so it's, and it's, we can look at those statistics yeah. as well, but I, but I really love that you made the point that the cancer or death by cancer rates go up astronomically comparatively, when you look at the people that go in and get cut or drugged, as opposed to the people that don't. Yes.
1: And that and that's the other issue with cutting into anything, I really believe, uh, and have learned from all my research, I mean, we have a skin for a reason, it's to protect a very pristine, sterile environment that our immune system desperately needs to not have invaded that it's always trying to achieve and maintain. Uh, healthy homeostasis, and anytime we cut through the skin, we're exposing. I mean, how many people die in the hospitals, hospitals. of something they didn't even go into the hospital for? Death by medicine. I, I is, don't even want to go into the numbers it's of that. So a very real issue, uh, it, and it's it's sad, and it, it's it's like, oh gosh, I wish we could just all get together and get on the same page, you know? Because I know these people are dedicated. I know they really care, and they want to do something uh, to be of service and make a difference. And, and, and it's just really sad what it's evolved to, and. Uh again, the immune system is so precious. It's the greatest gift that has been put on planet Earth, and it's in our bodies. Right. And we have very little respect for it. No one teaches us how to take care of it. And the biggest thing is to keep toxins out.
0: To t- we toxins are subjected out, to nutrition and proper rest because the body alcohol. heals itself. Absolutely. Absolutely, what it does. It continues to thrive and survive as long as we support it correctly. Well,
1: and, and the thing that we've taken into consideration, Lisa, is that there's thousands more chemicals. chemicals today than existed 100 years, maybe even 50 years ago, that our grandparents and our parents weren't subjected to. Grandparents that smoked until they were in their 90s, but they're smoking unfiltered Organic tobacco
0: that didn't was place with a thousand and chemicals. the food was higher nutrient content. Oh my gosh! And it was naturally organic. There was no there electromagnetic pollution. And, right. And Mammals. they tended to actually walk on the earth where they didn't have leather water. They walked in yes. the earth. They worked yes. in the
1: garden. They had their hands in the soil. They didn't have to be in bare feet. They had their hands in the soil. Right. So they were being grounded in earth the whole time. Yeah. And no one takes these things into consideration. We had my husband's former wife it smoked and drank. Oh my. You know, my family in Kentucky, you know, smoked until they were 90, 95 and drank. Yeah, but what were they smoking? What were they drinking? She died of pancreatic cancer at 56. Wow. You know, I mean, it's just sad. We we're not we're not we're not making the connection. We got to connect the dots here and make the correlation to where we've evolved to. We're living in a toxic soup, and and we've got to protect our immune system more so now than ever before. So prevention, prevention, prevention is the key, and supporting the immune system, taking toxin the toxic burden off, and and putting nutrients, healthy, good. Organic nutrients, uh, pure nutrients. And I mean, they say 92 to 95% of supplements have toxic, you know. Fillers yes. and excipients and flowing agents and everything. Uh, and and so we have to be very scrutinizing about everything. And getting back to what thermography can see. the coolest thing is that it it highlights where the immune system is calling for help now. And so you can get on it immediately and know how to prioritize where to focus your attention. Because that's where your immune system is going, help, I need help here and here and here. And, and, and away we go and we share... Thirty-six years of resources I've been gathering. My my brain's about to
0: explode. And that's you know, just so. you. You obviously work with a network of practitioners. Absolutely. So when so first of all, obviously, everyone and anyone can benefit from getting a thermal image Absolutely done. Absolutely, everyone, and, and
1: especially and, even men. I
0: mean, they have bodies too. Right. You know, right. So we're not just talking women, about breast know? health and wellness no. through through thermal imagery. No. Uh, we're imaging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about overall health and wellness Absolutely. and preventative care. This mm-hmm. is such an important, such a valuable tool yes. to prevent illness yes. and to keep yourself healthy long before disease happens. Mm-hmm. And and so... Who's the typical patient that you see or or client? Well, they're going to be someone who's looking
1: for alternative. They're looking for something, a more natural approach to define where their body's in trouble and their immune system's calling for help and get on a a path of natural health and and wellness and, and healing if they have something that they need to heal. Um, so the, the key thing is it, it, if they have symptoms, sometimes it's like, I don't want to say too late, but it's like, get in quick because you want to catch things as early as you possibly can. It's going to lower your, your medical bills. It's going to lower your trauma from any medical procedures, be it natural or, um, conventional, which is usually synthetic and unnatural. But the, the thing that most people don't realize is that, when you talk about the digestive system, the opening, the beginning of that is your dental. 90 to 95% of breast cancer patients had tooth infections they either didn't know they had or were neglecting. 90 to 95% that, that tells you how much your dental health affects your overall health. So, dental, intestinal, I'll give you the keys dental, intestinal, endocrine, because your hormone system works in in concert in harmony with your immune system and then structural integrity because chiropractic is huge in terms of your nervous system is connected to your spine and that talks to everything that's how your brain communicates with every part of your body and through electrical impulses so structural dental endocrine Immune, especially sixty to eighty percent of your immune system resides in your gut, in your intestines, and we absorb eighty percent of our water through our intestines. So if that's plaqued with meat, dairy, eggs, processed food, white flours, white you know white uh, the casein in milk is the thing that we have the hardest time breaking down. That's what makes it white.
0: No one. can no <laughs> we'll take the fat. No and we'll one can the, digest it. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not, not baby. we're not baby cows. The we can't digest that. No, only especially baby cows yeah, digestive no.
1: system for that. They actually gave baby cows. A an experiment of pasteurized, modulized m- milk, and most of them didn't survive it. Of course. So, yeah. But that's a whole other conversation. But, but thank you. Um, it, it's usually a patient who's looking. They want to see those indicators so they can get ahead of the curves. So they can get ahead of anything that could be breaking down their, their system and going getting into a digest, uh, uh, disease process. And, um, so
0: somebody comes the, to you. They're they're getting a, a dental, uh, endocrine, digestive. They're getting all of this information mm-hmm. in a report that mm-hmm. comes back to them. You do mm-hmm. the you do the actual imaging. The the images go to an actual doctor, correct?
1: Absolutely. And and we have the highest standards. Again, I came to this as a patient. Um, So I wasn't approached by a a camera salesperson. I wasn't working in in a clinic where they said, "'Hey, how would you like to be our thermographer? I didn't apply for a job.'" So I came to this as a patient, and, and having been an entrepreneur before, uh, I thought, what would I want behind the service uh, and behind the technician? And so I called every thermographer in the United States that I could find that had any tenure in their business, and I said, what would you do differently? What camera would you have? What reading service? Where would you get your training? What association would you affiliate with? And I chose the best the industry had to offer. My camera is literally space age. It's the closest thermography has ever come to a real photograph. And we're imaging the, the energy again that's coming off of your skin, it can tell the temperature difference between hairs. That's how fine it is. The older technology hairs like cartoon wow. hair. You can't even see the strands. But that tells you how soon we can distinguish a difference in patterns and temperature. That's the most sensitive that a camera's ever been. My reading physician is an M D. And you know they have very extensive, there's a whole, uh, there's a faction of uh, chiropractors who do it as well. Tremendous respect for them. I'm glad they're doing thermography. Uh, they get training in thermography and they're training, so they're big believers of it. So I really have a tremendous amount of support and, and uh, affection for chiropractors. Again, because the structure is so key. Right, but and then my, therm- my thermologist is an MD and and he was trained naturopathically because he was actually trained as a flight surgeon 35 years ago, fell out of love with patching and, and radiating and you know everything unnaturally wanted to be a true healer and spent 20 years in pathology labs a better part of that spent in saliva testing labs to really find out how the immune system works what actually causes disease and what actually heals it and has written a book on hormone replacement therapy and owns a saliva testing lab so the man is brilliant and he teaches other doctors how. and re-danages. this is the
0: doctor that's, that's He's reviewing my all of your thermal, thermal images so
1: that's my commitment is that everyone gets the best the industry has to offer I can sleep at night I feel better about what I'm providing and, and they can feel good about it. They're getting the best value. And then we handhold them. So you can see by just my doing this podcast that I, we take a very educational approach. We feel that an educated patient is an empowered patient. They're going to make better decisions, more educated choices. They're going to get better results. They're going to feel better about the whole process of what they're doing. And they're going to know their own bodies. I mean, we're not educated on our own bodies. And that's why, unfortunately, the default to what they know. They only know what they know, and they don't know what they don't know. And same thing with doctors and, and people who they just they only know what they 've been taught they don 't know what they haven 't been taught I, I could tell you that you know if they only get fifteen minutes per patient they 're certainly not up uh, till two in the morning on on the internet researching the latest development in thermography they just don 't right. have the energy it 's sad.
0: Um, and the channels that have been established for well over uh, uh, fifty, almost a hundred years, yes. is that it's the pharmaceutical industry that goes in and does the educating and the the bringing of new new treatments. And so those are the tools that are delivered. They create the to chemicals them.
1: that poison us in our food and our water supply and in the air and in our industry. Um, and and those are the chemicals that make us sick. And then they provide the chemicals that. They represent, make us fall, but there's no healing that goes on in that system whatsoever. I've never seen anyone heal in that system. Uh, they, they kind of patch things, and, uh, and, they, they, and we always ask my husband always says, whenever we're talking to someone who went through the breast cancer treatment uh, thing, um, what did they tell you to do, do different?
0: Right. They don't 99. address the, of the time.
1: They say nothing. The, Just go back to your life and keep eating what you're eating. The and, cause. But uh, no, not addressing the cause. Nobody's at addressing all. the cause. And 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 no ones taught to address the cause. And, and I used to tell my own grandmother, Grandma, stop eating all that white bread. Stop eating all that sugar. That, oh, you're. What do you think you are, a doctor? You know, my, if my, <laughs> if it was bad for me, my doctor would tell me it was bad for me doctor doesn't know. Unfortunately, she was, she was probably on 12 meds when she died. My mom was on a dozen when she died. My dad was on at least eight or nine.
0: Well, and I tend to believe that all of this is very purposeful. Mm-hmm. And we can look at it, we can judge it and say how horrific that our medical system is an illness system, and that generally it, it doesn't educate about health, it doesn't educate about nutrition, it doesn't look at root cause issues. Some of the new new organizations like Functional Medicine do, or mm-hmm. Holistic Medicine do, medicine. Uh, but the industrialized, industrialized medicine doesn't. We call it commercialized medicine. Commercialized, yes. Uh, industri- in, industrialized industrialized an commercialized. Yeah. yeah. So... It's profit. Based. I look People at think it. It's nonprofit. It's it's all profit for profit. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I look at it like these these things. I, I like this this saying: pain pushes and vision pulls. Oh yes. So the existing uh, commercialized, industrialized medical system is the pain that is pushing us in a direction toward the vision, which is one of, first of all, autonomy, Mm self-reliance. It used to be if something was wrong, of course we went to our doctor and our doctor would give us the answer and tell us what to do and we would just dutifully follow their instructions. Mm -hmm. Well, it's... Obviously gone haywire. Uh, maybe 100 years ago, most people went to the doctor for infection or a broken bone, and, and that worked. Mm-hmm. But today, by and large, people are going to the doctor for chronic inflammatory diseases. Yes. And there isn't a medication or a surgery that can help a chronic inflammatory disease. This oh, sure. is chronic, long steroids and anti-inflammatory <laughs>
1: drugs, And well, but it
0: doesn't get to the cause of that. Right. It doesn't address point. the cause. That's Thank the you. You're right. Point. That's, that's, they would address some of the symptoms. Yes. So, so I think it's actually a beautiful thing of, that's very, that's positive, mm-hmm. not that going through it is positive, mm-hmm. but it's positive that it's, it's driving people in a direction of taking Responsibility for their own health and wellness, exactly like you did mm-hmm. when you uh, mm-hmm. had lumps and said, "No, I'm not going to go this route. I'm going to take responsibility and, and figure it out myself." And I think that's ultimately what part of the brilliance of what happens in, in life and in the world that there's this paradigm shift taking place. And and while the <laughs> medical system has its problems, it's going to change. And the big change is it's not going to be the face. The, of our doctor, it's going to be the face in the mirror.
1: Yes, that Incoming is becoming your own physician. That's
0: right, and that's
1: and that's how we were designed. And nature was provided for us. I mean, everything that we need is in nature, not just the nutrients, but even the herbs and and the the medicinal, uh, even cacao, which is you know what we commonly know as, as chocolate today. Unfortunately, you know it's over processed and, right. and cooked and not organic, and so that that's when it does damage, but. but but raw cacao from the Amazon forest uh, is, has been used medicinally for
0: centuries. It's an antioxidant and phytonutrient. <laughs> it, it heals. Yes. I mean, it has very healing properties. Uh, Anandamines makes us happy. Yes, yes. So, so I'd like to to glean a story, uh, gain some information of at least one patient or client that's come to you, and just kind of give us an idea of what happened with that patient or that
1: kind well gosh thank you for asking i wasn't even expecting that um well she came to us uh just for standard routine imaging and there was uh quite a bit of vascularity actually up in the armpit area the underarm it's called the axilla in medical terms uh, or axilla it's everyone has a different way of pronouncing that and uh She had been on a standard path for a long time and had just gotten on a health path uh, within the last year or two. And we uh, turned in her results and it came back suspicious. So she went for further testing and found that she had had, it was breast cancer in the lymph, was never in the breast so this is the other challenge with mammograms and even CAT scans and MRIs and things of that nature. Uh, this is—I'll repeat that. This is the other thing with mammograms and CAT scans and MRIs, is that they're they're only going to look at the soft tissue of the breast. Sometimes they'll look at the the in lymph nodes, but a mammogram can't. Cr- compress right. the lymph. It's, not it's see way the up rest on the, of the chest. Tissue. Mm-hmm. The lymph nodes are way up in the chest and in the axle of the armpit. And so she even went to do, on her doctor's order, because of the suspicious thing that we found, she did a mammogram, she did an MRI and an ultrasound, and nothing was seen because it was still too small to be seen, but we were seeing the vascularity that was going to that area. Well, in further investigation, she had lesions and she had metastases to the liver, the lung and the bone. We referred her to a naturopathic oncologist, and she was cleared within three months. None of the tumors were visible on any of the anatomical devices, and we were seeing the vascularity shrink back. So there are natural ways to And most people don't know that there's such a thing as a naturopathic oncologist. Uh, but there are natural ways. And, and this is one of the things that I discovered in all my research to treat cancer. Uh, it, it, as you were, it, When we started out, uh, cancer is not a death sentence. It's a wake up call. And that's what you were saying early on. It's a wake up call to our immune system saying, hey, I need help. Uh, I'm like, buckling under this all this pressure and toxicity and so again if you just take the toxins off and some people have healed just by doing an intestinal detox and and detoxing their clearing filtration the organs and so it yeah. flushes out and then the immune system is freed up to really do its job and deal with the big guys you know and the big guns so to speak and so she did another uh, test in five months. She was completely clear. Completely clear. And no signs of, of any vascularity or that there was cancer there in the area. Blood tests, saliva, you know, everything that you can do to test. So it's
0: amazing. So how long do you think that vascularity that's detected on a thermal image, how long do you think it would take for that kind of uh, to the, the vascularity to develop into something that traditional methods would be able to detect?
1: Well, again... We're seeing the vascularity uh, in most cases. I mean, no no screening test is 100% accurate, so we boast about a 92 to 98% accuracy. And I just want to add, when you add an anatomical device like ultrasound, which is not damaging to the breast tissue or any tissue because there's no radiation, you get as close to 100% accuracy as you can from a screening tool, from an imaging device. Uh, but...
0: The if thing, there's a mass it's not going to detect vascularity which go. the thermal and image this is, does.
1: This is the man this is what we get is in, in most cases we can see the vascularity Within the first year or two that that the mat or the the cancer cells are calling for a blood supply because they 're renegade they 're outside of the system and they don 't have their own blood supply, so they actually trick the brain into supplying blood and that 's the the thermal signature we see of that heat because that 's neovascularity means new neo means new as a neonatal vascularity of course blood supply and that new blood supply, those blood vessels are not, the sympathetic nervous system is not matured yet. And so they don't constrict with the cooling process that we have in the room. We have an imaging room that's about 68, 72 degrees. So it just cools the skin enough that we have a uniform vasoconstriction. And so the healthy vascularity constricts but the more pathologically related vascularity does not. And this is the key thing that thermography sees Way before it'll ever become a mass. That's, that's, see, that, now that's earliest earliest
0: fascinating. So just to recap, because gone. I want to make sure I get this. So cancer tricks the brain into mm-hmm. sp- supplying it with blood. Mm-hmm. It grows new blood v- vessels, so neovascularity. So new blood vessels grow mm-hmm. as a result of cancer cells, the microscopic cells. Right. right. And so the thermal image is able to detect that vascularity Mm -hmm. long before anything becomes a Mm mass.
1: About 98% of the time.
0: Right. And that image goes to the doctor. Mm -hmm. The doctor, who's well-versed in more than just thermal imaging. Oh, Yes. Is going to look at it and tell a lot of things, not just about neotherp, neovascularity, mm-hmm. uh, but well, other layers other of information. Layers of
1: fibrocystic activity, hormone imbalance, vascular uh, inflammation, um, indicating the vascular system is at, at risk, indicating the structural system is at risk, uh, the myofascial, which is the muscular. Um, the, the thing that you know most people don't know is there have been studies that most of us don't ever see. And especially with with uh, the the getting the read on the breast, uh, every study that's ever come back, and and one in particular, I'll quote: fifty eight thousand women over so um, oh gosh, fifteen twelve twelve or fifteen year period. The the overwhelming result was that. An abnormal thermography was the single most important and reliable indicator for future breast health risk of any exam available for screening the breasts. And that's relative to the rest of the body. So anything else that thermography that can see an indicator of, it's going to be the the earliest we can see something. Because again, we're seeing the functional read, what the body, your immune system, how your immune system is speaking to you again. So we could literally
0: prevent most breast cancer. Oh. With thermal imaging.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. And with healthy practices. You know. and, and once again, it's not just for breast health. So, I mean, you're, you're referring people to, to uh, natural oncologists. You call it a, a natural? Naturopathic
1: on- oncologist.
0: Naturopathic mm-hmm. oncologist. And
1: alternative oncologists and integrative oncologists. And there's so many different new ways to treat cancer that are available to us. Uh, my husband uh, is a surfer. He got some skin cancer. We're using, you know, some salve to to eliminate it, and some ozone, which is concentrated oxygen, and it's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. And it's nature's brilliance, nature's genius. It only kills cancer and abnormal cells. These things, and and it's not touching the healthy tissue. It's like this is cr- almost crazy. <laughs> you know, it's like wait, this is amazing to to be witnessing this. You know, so.
0: It is amazing. And hopefully someday thermal imaging is available and should be standard oh, practice for you. everyone all the time because it we would be, be preventing disease and at the same time educating people about health because it's such a wonderful educational tool when you learn things like, oh, vascularity, neovascularity is basically proof that, uh, that it's in the beginning Something's, stages that's right. of going awry. And, and we can, we can rectify it very easily yeah. with nutrition and detoxification. And so I, I love that we're that we've mm-hmm, covered mm-hmm. the whole process. Yeah. I other other than getting a thermal image, what would be your number one wellness tip for people? Cleansing and detoxing. Cleansing and detoxing, especially if you've ever
1: consumed any of the sad diet we call it the standard American diet, processed fast food, cooked food, even cooked food can be acidic. Uh, even if it's organic so you want to limit even your amount of cooked food Uh, as much raw and organic um, plant-based there was a china study they were trying to prove that the people who ate meat in china didn't get cancer the people who didn't did and it Proved opposite. The people who ate meat were the wealthy. They were the ones who could afford well, you know, meat, dairy, and eggs. And people in the field eating the rice and the vegetables were not getting cancer. Now they did an experiment. And they discovered if you re- if you introduce twenty percent of animal product, you still weren't going to get cancer. So it's all about balance. It's all right. about you know that whole thing, moderation, even moderation and moderation. But the the key thing is prevention is about keeping the immune system freed up to do its job. And so if you keep, we, we change the filters in our cars more than in, our, in our vacuum cleaners and our air conditioning units more than we do in our bodies. <laughs> and so if you just keep that clean and you eat clean food, um, not what we think is healthy, you really need to educate ourselves on what that really is, uh, that's going to prevent disease. And and then when you do the, the, the natural health screening that doesn't cause damage, that, that doesn't do more harm than good, um, which is the unfortunate thing of all the studies that have been done on our uh, adversary, unfortunately, the, the mammogram, um, they are proving that about 75% of breast cancers have been caused by radiation, and primarily the radiation in mammograms is the strongest radiation known to medical imaging. So when the breast is, the tissue is the most... Distressed and <laughs> squished, um, they're radiating it with the most damaging radiation known to medical imaging. That increases your chances of breast cancer by five percent every I'm time. I'm really
0: glad that you just said that because I've believed that that they are causing that, that mammograms are causing cancer. Well, and and increasing rates of cancer,
1: not just breast cancer. So you've got to. Everyone knows that there's background radiation and that it sprays, which is why it's called radiation because it radiates out. And so, what is the cancer that's on the rise for women since we started doing screening mammography, which is every year? which mammograms were actually originally intended to be used only in surgical situations to pinpoint this, the cancer because they've already identified the person had cancer so they could find it and remove it. It was not ever meant to be a screening tool to do every year.
0: The mammograms so, were never meant to be a screening meant, tool. They were never meant
1: to be a screening tool. So, so the, the key thing to know is that we're not... Um, a, a, here, here's what I want to say. If your doctor insists on mammograms, do the mammogram. Add the thermography to it. We're not; it's not an either or. It doesn't have to be either or. Do both. Right. The mammogram will see if something's advanced. The the thermography will see something way before it becomes something that a mammogram can see. We're not. We're not again trying to pull the baby out with the bathwater. We don't want to go against the system. There is a there is a use for every system, and and people have to do what they are comfortable with and what they're familiar with. But step out of the box just enough to to give yourself the gift of seeing what the usual conventional devices can't see. And then this way, when you use the two together, you have a better chance of survival and doing something way before it becomes disease or cancer or something that's irreversible and irreparable.
0: Wonderful, Lisa. I appreciate all of this information so, so very much. I think it's so important to get it out to the world about thermal imaging and discovery screenings and... I just am so grateful, like I said, that you've come and oh, shared all the information. You, so, me. this is Lisa Thorpe with Health and Wellness Encinitas with Lisa Callison, Discovery Screenings. Thank you so much. And Screening. Screening. <laughs> Discovery so <it's> DiscoveryScreening.com.
1: <laughs> we do screenings
0: <laughs> at thank Discovery you. Screening. Well, the link will be on the podcast. Yes. Though, so, that is foolproof it doesn't rely on me. You
1: know, I want to I want to acknowledge you Lisa for being willing to step out yourself and do this kind of work because it is so important. You are the pebble no. And we're the I'm having effect. fun. It, it, it's... I know you are, but, but this is so important because you're actually helping the whole planet, not just women about this topic, but men and the health of the whole planet. And I want to acknowledge your listeners because just by coming to this podcast, everything that they've learned from you or from me and, and all of your other podcasts, they're going to touch other lives with that information. We can help. And
0: that, that's what the whole purpose and of the podcast to is to help people, they're is to, be to be get one the one information out there yeah. because there aren't channels. To teach people the truth mm-hmm. about wellness. Yeah. And so that is the whole purpose is is to, to teach the truth about wellness and give people the tools and, and nice. access to things that actually work. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and actually heal. Yeah.
1: And that's why I want to acknowledge you. And yeah. I want to
0: acknowledge your listeners thank for listening. You. Thank yeah, you and, so much. And I thank them too. Coming here. And once again, this is Lisa with Health and Wellness and Thank you so much for being here and for listening and have a great day. Well, and again, it
1: increases risk by 5%. That's a 1,000 times stronger than a chest x-ray. That's how strong the radiation is from a mammogram. And they don't tell you that. It's actually low-dose radiation. And the kind that they use for dental x-rays is high-dose radiation. So if you were to vote which one you would choose, you would choose low-dose, not knowing that the low-dose is actually stronger. And it's a misnomer. It should be called slow-dose and the kind, <clears throat> the kind of radiation they use for dental X-rays and chest X-rays should be called high uh, fast dose, because the distinction is is that the, the uh, radiation cuts through the DNA in the cells very quickly and very cleanly on high dose or fast dose radiation. And on slow dose, they slow it way down so it dumps into the tissue so it stays there longer because the tissue of the breast is so dense. And that's why they have to compress it because the, the function of the device is actually inadequate for screening the breast because it's so intricate and dense and so they compress it and then they radiate it with again like i said the strongest radiation known in medical imaging and it goes really slow and literally moves through the dna in the in the cells uh, in a way that annihilates the DNA. So it can't find its way back to itself and repair itself. Whereas in high dose radiation, like I said, it cuts through it very cleanly. So it literally may be in two pieces, so it can still repair itself. But um, in, in regards to the slow dose or low dose radiation that they use in mammograms, that's why uh, it is increasing your risk by at least 5%. And that's figured around 40 to 50 years old and anything younger than that, it goes up exponentially because the breast tissue is so sensitive to um, radiation, especially uh, the younger that we are because the more fertile, the closer we are with our fertile years, uh, the re- hormone receptor sites are much more sensitive and reactive, uh, susceptible to being damaged by radiation.